There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Hi, friends. Pastor Mike here. Thank you for joining me today here on WCN-TV. Mark Harrington is joining me today to discuss uh, work on the front lines. Question comes to mind for you. How would you answer this? Is America becoming more pro-life? Is America becoming a nation that is returning to its, its roots? from the founding fathers forward of protecting life, of understanding the importance and the sanctity of life. How would you answer that? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna hear from Mark. He'll certainly weigh in on that and some of the other things going on in our nation today, the recent Supreme Court decision returning uh, the, the subject of abortion back to the states. Uh, that, that had some, some, some positive but it also, it also had some negative things. So we'll, so we'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about the work of Created Equal. And just so perhaps you've joined me today and, and you're not familiar with Created Equal, I would encourage you to go to their website, createdequal.org, and, and understand more about uh, this fantastic ministry they're doing. They're doing work that, um, well, they require a lot of help. So... I would encourage you to get involved with this ministry. Um, one of the things uh, that I want to ask you, uh, first of all, welcome, welcome to WCN TV, Mark. It's good to be here. Thanks. So, so, um, and and by the way, we we carry uh, the Mark Harrington Show here in Lima on uh, okay, WTTP FM. Um, you can catch that show, uh, WTTPFM.com. You can catch that show 5.30 on Saturdays and 5.30 uh, on Sundays. Um, so, Mark, Supreme Court decision. Uh, right. I, I've, I've read a lot of op-ed pieces, uh, pro-con, somewhere in the middle. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, first of all? Well, it's been a goal of the pro-life movement for 49 years to overturn Roe versus Wade. Honestly, I didn't know I would see it in my lifetime. I was kind of resolved to the 
to the uh, you know, the idea, the notion that Roe would be, you know, the law of the land, so to speak, until I went to see Jesus. But uh, things changed in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected president. And by the grace of God, I mean, he put three uh, Supreme Court justices up on the Supreme Court that were ones that interpreted the Constitution the way it was written. And we had the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So it's something we've all been working towards as a, you know, trying to remove an impediment. And that's what it was. It was a barrier to get it out of the federal government's hand, out of the Supreme Court's hands and into the hands of the people at the state level. And so we're thankful, obviously, that that happened. We celebrated when it did, but we were back to work the next day because in some ways, it's gotten more difficult uh, than when even Roe v. Wade was in place. So we sure have our work cut out for us. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I noticed, uh, and, and there were a lot of uh, commentators urging Christians who, who are pro-life not to say, well, our work's done and, and sit down and think, okay, we've won that. Well, because we haven't, Um, Mm -hmm. if anything, we we really stirred up those right. that are that are uh, pro abortion um and they've doubled down on their efforts and and we see that in many state legislatures the the things that they're passing um it's appalling uh, to me as i try to keep up on everything that's going on and listen friends if you are staunchly pro-life, you are going to come under attack. The Supreme Court decision uh, didn't really stop that. In fact, it it uh, it ratcheted it up. I, I continue to read stories, Mark, it seems like every week. Um, here's one I ran across just a, a week or so ago. Uh, a chaplain, Pastor Jay McCaig, was, was fired. Uh, he'd been a pastor for over a decade at an Orlando hospital um, without uh, great reviews, no incidents, no complaints. And he posted a pro-life, uh, I don't want to call it a meme, but, but, a, but a pro-life post on his personal social media page. And somebody complained about that and the hospital came and, and, uh, and, and fired him. So, so this fight certainly is not over. And of course, you, you're probably aware of the, of the priest um, that the Vatican just defrocked because he was very much uh, pro outspoken pro-life. Um, and, and they went back and they, they grabbed something from 2016 to, to try to make their case. So my point, Mark, is that we still need people on the front lines. We still need the, the everyday Christian Tom and Jane Doe's to be speaking out about the importance of life, don't we? Absolutely. In fact, like I say, it's it's in some ways gotten more difficult for us because when Roe was in place, we didn't, uh, you know, I guess I should say this, direct democracy. If you're you're looking at the landscape right now, you have 50 battles, okay? Uh, That's what Roe did. Roe said basically that there is no constitutional right to abortion. They should have gone one step further, however, and say the Constitution does protect the preborn, and I think it does. There's history there. There's legal 
you know, scholars would say the Constitution protects it, but uh, the unborn, but the justices weren't going to go that far. So they returned it back to the state legislatures. And since June, we've seen around 13 to 15, I'm, I'm not sure about the exact number, of states that have either banned abortion or restricted it severely. And then you have another set of, of states, the blue states that we're familiar with, California, New York, some of the, the east and west coast states, where abortion is legal up to the very moment of birth. Uh, and, and so the playbook now for the pro-abortion movement is to try to enact or pass constitutional amendments enshrining abortion into the state constitutions. And so we are currently 0 for 5 on those. Uh, we just recently took a defeat in Michigan uh, where pro-abortion advocates put on the ballot uh, a measure, a constitutional measure, m amendment to protect abortion all the way through the moment of birth. And that passed 56 to 50 to 43%. Uh, we lost in Kansas. We lost in Kentucky, where we tried to pass an amendment saying that the constitutions of those states don't have the right to abortion in them. And then, of course, California and Vermont and Wyoming all passed uh, pro-abortion constitutional amendments. So we are 0 for 5 after Roe v. Wade. Uh, this is the future. This is what the pro-abortion movement's doing. In fact, they are now talking about coming to my home state and yours. That is the state of Ohio. And uh, we need to gear up for that because uh, public opinion's not on our side right now. I mean, that's nothing's changed, really. Uh, around 60% of the American people think abortion should be illegal in the first trimester of pregnancy. That has been the case for as long as I've been doing this for the most part, and that's around two decades. That didn't change when o Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, that's how the American people think, uh, at least for now. So we got a lot of work to do in these uh, individual states in, in, in 2023 and 24. Yeah, so if, I, so if I hear you correctly, Mark, what you're saying is the threat now is that the individual states and, and the constitutional amendments that are being That's brought correct. forward. Um, so we really need to focus and perhaps that will, will bring a, a um, cohesion to the many different pro-life groups in, in the several states and get us working on the same page. I, I think that's doable, but we got to start now. Actually, we're behind mm -hmm. yeah. uh, is what's going on, aren't we? We are. We've been fighting to try to overturn Roe for 49 years, right? It was a yeah. political battle to try to get the right president who would put up the right justices. Well, we got that done, but I think we're behind the eight ball. In fact, we're, we're really ill-prepared for this battle ahead because uh, the pro-abortion movement is more suited for this direct democracy type of mob rule, if you will, when it comes to constitutional amendments, because they can flood the major cities with advertising lying about the amendment. And that's why they were able to win in Michigan because of Detroit. Uh, and it's just, whereas representative uh, government is where the pro-life movement has done so well in these state legislatures, because that rural representative will have the same number of votes, right, as a urban representative and that's the genius of our system uh but these constitutional amendments that's not this it's very different it's not representative uh 
uh, democracy, it's direct democracy. And so it doesn't lend itself well for us. And though, so we have to overcome those barriers, uh, be able to reach people, and we're going to have to raise a lot of money. And, and that's just not our strength, typically, because the pro-abortion movement tends to have more money. It's blood money. They have the you know Bloomberg's and the Soros's and all those guys who, who fund these big uh, campaigns. We don't have that. What we have is generosity of, of individual cre- uh, Christians and Christian entrepreneurs. So we've got our work cut out for us. I suspect in 2024, we're going to see anywhere from 10 to 15 of these constitutional amendments being put up by the abortion movement. And we're going to have to be able to beat those back. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that begins um, perhaps with with educating our fellow citizens. And uh, that is something that is uh, part of the the outreach effort of of created equal. So just in case somebody's joined us today, Mark, and, and they're not familiar with with created equal, talk about, um, well, let's start with, with campus outreach. How, do, how mm-hmm. does created equal, um, how does created equal reach out to young people today? Um, and this is not a newsflash for you, certainly, Mark, um, but I'm going to say this for our audience. Um, you can have a what you perceive to be a very strong Christian son or daughter, and you send them off to college. I'm guaranteeing mm-hmm. you their viewpoints are going to be challenged immediately. And the chances, statistics suggest that the chances that they're going to change their views about the sanctity of human life is very good. So it's important that the Christian viewpoint and the worldview concerning life is is presented in in uh, in ways that um, well it's an unavoidable issue the way that and, and I applaud you for doing it but talk about campus outreach Mark well as a homeschool father I agree with you one hundred percent I mean uh, these colleges are indoctrination centers for the left. And I mean, we go there because we need to be there. The Christian message has to be there. The gospel needs to be presented and we need to be able to defend the pro-life position and the unborn. But the reason we really go is it's a good training ground, to be honest, for a lot of our young people. You're not going to hear arguments for abortion like you do on a college campus anywhere else. I mean, that's just where you're going to get it. And so it's a great place for our people to go to engage the next generation of leaders, right? That's the right. demographic that uh, for better or for worse, and I would say for worse right now is going to lead our country. So mm-hmm. we need to reach them and change their hearts and minds on this issue, among others, of course. That's why the gospel is part and parcel with our message. So we go to the college campuses to reach and save lives, reach people. But we also increasingly go to high school campuses because if you've ever been to a college campus, you think by the time that they're in college, they're already pretty well on their way with their uh, own worldview. As you say, mm-hmm. a lot of Christian young people are losing their faith once they get to college and uh, they become sexually active generally around that time frame. And so it's increasingly more difficult to reach people on college campuses where. High school campuses are different. 
Uh, students still have not made up their minds on issues like abortion. Uh, a good number of them have yet to become sexually active, which of course we know the abortion issue and promiscuity and fornication go together. That's the reason why we have abortion uh, is because of sex sin, right? But mm -hmm. yeah. so we spend a lot of time on high school campuses and, and honestly, we're now starting to go to middle schools as well. Wow. And we take abortion victim photography and prenatal video and uh, we use that as a tool to begin the conversation because you have to understand what abortion is. You got to set that foundation to start the conversation uh, and that these images do that because they communicate at a glance that abortion's an act of violence and it kills a baby. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, I know you've heard it dozens of times over the years, Mark, I have too, um, even from Christians who will say, well, these pictures are too graphic. Um, they don't serve any purpose. It just, it turns people off from the message. And the reality of, of it is that it exactly the opposite occurs, doesn't it? Yeah, that's usually someone who says that has never seen them used in action. They've never stood, stood with us on a campus, never taken them into the public square. They're speaking from ignorance generally. Uh, they have a, you know, as, as most people have a visceral reaction to these images and they think, oh, that's just going to turn people off. Well, you know what? It may turn them off to me, and I, I could care less what people think about me, but I want them to be turned off to abortion. And yes. if it turns them off to abortion, then I'm good. Yes. Uh, you know, abortion, we can't sugarcoat it. I mean, this is what it is. And I think young people, you know, they want to see the truth. I mean, they don't want, they want us to present the whole message. And yeah. so, like I said before, I mean, you know, we have an entire presentation of why this stuff works, but social reformers historically have always used these types of images to make their point. Uh, injustice has to be seen to be understood. There's no way to get around it. You've got to use these images at one level or another. Uh, I happen to be, I think, I consider myself a pretty good debater on abortion, but I'm not good enough to make up for what those pictures can do at a glance. That's right. That's right. And and we know what you you have just stated, Mark, is true because uh, images are used in all kinds of efforts to persuade people to change their minds uh, about things. And now, one one of the other things that I really appreciate about Created Equal, um, Mark, is that you train up high school and college age um, students to be able to engage people in a conversation and actually make the case for life. So you, 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 you train them on the basic objections that they're going to, to receive from people and how to answer them in ways that's going to cause the person that they're talking with to reconsider their position. I think that's brilliant. Well, listen, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> you know, in about 10 years Neither ago, I. I, I figured, you know, I, I didn't want this uh, to die with me. And I didn't want the movement to die with my generation. Uh, you know, if we don't reach out and train up the next generation of leaders, then we're going to fail. Because we all know abortion's not going away anytime soon. Even if it were ever made illegal across the country, you're still going to have to have life defenders out there. 
And so that's why I started Created Equal is to raise up that next generation. So we invest heavily in recruiting, training, and deploying, deploying young people into the battle. And the battle is raging in our cities. It's raging on college campuses. Anywhere where the battle rages, that's where we need to be. And so yes. that's what we do. And by God's grace, we've been raising up some real warriors for Christ and for the gospel and for the babies. And they're deployed all across America. Yes. Yes. Amen. Kathy and I personally have um, supported Created Equal for several years now. And in fact, Mark, you, you spoke at one of our Go Therefore conferences a couple of years ago. And, and yeah. we had a, a couple of students uh, since then that have come and presented um, uh, Created right. Equal as a ministry um, at our conferences. And so we, we very much recommend, um, friends, Created Equal to you. Now, you also do something Mark, that you call the justice ride. Well, so yeah. what's the idea behind that and what is it? Yeah, I was going to transition into that. That's coming up at the end of February. And what we do, it was kind of part and parcel with the uh, with naming Created Equal, the organization. Um, going back to our roots, you know, we know the we find the words Created Equal in the Declaration of Independence. And when I originally was thinking about a, a name for the organization, I was brought to the, the speech by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that he gave, I have a dream speech in 1963 on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And in that, he talks about the American creed, and th that is the declaration. But that also brought me to the civil rights movement. And in the civil rights movement, there's a lot of parallels to the pro-life movement. And the justice rights were part of the civil rights movement. In fact, they were a catalyst, if you will, that really uh, put this in front of the American people. And what it was, was the Freedom Rides took, a, you know, young people boarded buses in defiance to the rules of segregation in the South. And then and because of that, they were often jailed. Some of them were beaten. Even some died. But it really confronted the American people with what was going on in the South with uh, the issue of race. And so, and, and the other thing is that the young people, and it's primarily young people, were college-age types. And when they got together, they talked about synergy. And I think we understand what synergy is. That's something that happens when you're in a battle with somebody. You're there in like mind. You're a kindred spirit. Something happens to a person that's in a fight together, right? They bind mm -hmm. together. And that's what happened in the Freedom Rides. And so in some way, not obviously, we're not the civil rights leaders you know, our freedom rides, our justice rides aren't exactly like the freedom rides. No one, no one's beating us up or no one's dying, of course. But the idea is to put these young people in buses, charter these buses, head to the south. We go to Florida for an entire week. We train them on the bus. We train them on the campus. We train them in the classroom and we put them in front of people that disagree with them. That's how it works. <laughs> And then they have to fend for themselves and learn how to make their case. And then we regroup, we debrief, and we go back at it again. It's a way of just immersing young people in the battle in a week's period of time. And a lot of them come out of it and say it's the best week of their life. So it's our introduction into our work. It's an introduction into the pro-life movement. And from there, we recruit some of our interns that spend the summer with us. And a lot of those go on to staff with us at Created Equal. Yes, 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 absolutely. And so many other ministries, uh, Mark, that Created Equals involved in, um, 
we could talk about the urban urban outreach going in downtown cities. Of course, you were in the uh, Columbus area, so it's easy to go downtown right. and um, campuses right there. Several. Yep. Uh, yeah, Ohio State for one. Yep, Ohio State Huge. is is one. Um, you, you you do overpass ministry where, mm -hmm. where where signs and banners are are utilized. Sidewalk counseling. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a fantastic uh, ministry, folks. And and I I have to say, um, I keep a close eye on what you're doing, Mark, and what Created Equal is doing. Uh, I read all the newsletters mm -hmm. that we get. Um, uh, in fact, you know, I said earlier, Kathy and I support you personally. Well, so does the fellowship that I pastor, Calvary Chapel of Lima. We, we thank support you. Created Equal um, as a as a fellowship and and blessed to do so. So the ministry is growing, and and one of the things I I was very happy to see is that um, you guys are getting a a van to do uh, on the spot in, in, mm -hmm. in real time uh, ultrasounds. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, it was a notion. I mean, it's not new to us, but for us, it's a little bit out of our lane uh, because we do mostly campus and other types of outreach using abortion victim photography and video. But where there's similarity is it's the use, the use of imagery ultrasound pictures and video save lives yes. in fact a woman that's considering abortion eight out of ten times if she sees an ultrasound she keeps her baby yes. so the the key is getting them to see their baby well you know in the days where we had a standalone brick and mortar abortion mills which are becoming a thing of the past by the way now they're pill mills or you uh you know you can order the pill over the phone and have it you know, sent to you or online, they can have sent to you at your house. We have to become mobile. And so as I was considering the idea that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned, I knew that the, the landscape on abortion was going to change drastically, that there were going to be abortion-free states and there are going to be abortion sanctuary states. And so the notion behind this ultrasound van is to station it at the, on the borders of abortion sanctuaries where they're bordering abortion-free states. So when women cross over the border to have their abortions, we will be there to provide the services they need, which primarily would be the ultrasound. And we would go to the abortion clinics that are on the borders. Because right now, the abortion movement is putting new abortion clinics on the borders of abortion sanctuary states. This is happening in Michigan, it's happening in Pennsylvania, happening in Illinois. We got to be there. And the, the brick and mortar pregnancy resource centers aren't there. They just can't be and they can't be everywhere where these mobile units can be. So that's the vision behind it. Uh, we're hoping to deploy this in uh, the spring of 2023. Our, out, our, our van is being outfitted currently. Uh, the insides of it is being outfitted currently and we hope to deploy it soon. Well, Mark, let's let's let uh, viewers know how they can support this effort because I don't imagine those vans are cheap to be outfitted. No, very no, costly. We, so, so, how can they contribute right. and support this work? Yeah, we're still trying to raise about thirty thousand dollars to finish the job. We have the van; the van is being outfitted, and we still have to purchase an ultrasound unit. So. 
we're still short about $30,000. And anybody that's willing to contribute, they can give 10, 15, 20, $50 or more. They just go to createdequal.org, createdequal.org. There's a little donate link on the right side of the page. They can give electronically or they can send a check to us and just write on the check or say in the email when you, when you, when you donate uh, in the form, just put ultrasound project and it will go towards outfitting and deploying the ultrasound unit. Outstanding. Um, I saw on, on, uh, um, I think it was on your show, actually, um, a link on your show, the Mark Harrington show, um, Curtis Bay Energy, Curtis Bay Energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, folks, you're not, some of you aren't going to believe this, but it, it is mm-hmm. true. It's, it's probably been happening longer than, than we were aware of, but Mark, what is happening? Curtis Bay Energy is, is, burning the remains of unborn babies who were aborted. Yeah, it blows the mind, right? uh, There isn't a whole lot that shocks me anymore, right? I think all of us are kind of in that kind of place right now in America. But when I heard about this about a year ago, it shocked me. Uh, And so how we discovered this is that um, there was a group of pro-life activists who were doing sidewalk counseling in a DC late term abortion mill and the medical waste company pulled up as they do to pick up the bins of dead babies. Uh, and the company was called Curtis Bay and these, the counselors, our people convinced the driver to hand over the babies, believe it or not, because the driver didn't know what they were doing. They just there to pick up, the, the you know the medical waste so to speak right they didn't know until they were told and they said listen i don't want anything to do with this so he gave over the bins to the pro-life activists and the pro-life activists took video and pictures of the babies that were in there there were five late-term babies and there were 110 uh first and second trimester babies in these jars and such and the company is called curtis bay well, Curtis Bay is a medical waste company, but they're also, they run an incinerator in the Baltimore, Baltimore area. And through investigations that has been done since then, we have found out that they burn the medical waste. In this case, it's the abortive babies to generate electricity for the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, Curtis Bay does not deny this. In fact, when we confronted them with it, they took down anything that was incriminating on their website. Uh, but they're not denying it one, one bit. And so medical waste is being, in this case, aborted babies being burned to generate electricity. It's an incinerator. We know that there are companies that burn waste, you know, trash and other things to, to, to generate electricity. But this case, they're burning medical waste. That's human remains. In this case, it's it's aborted babies to generate electricity. And so we are bringing pressure to Curtis Bay. We have flyered the CEO's neighborhood. We've we've phone called. We've and now we're currently circulating a petition, which you can find at markharringtonshow.com, where you can it generates a letter and sent to the CEO Mark Zapani of Curtis Bay, urging him 
to no longer uh, facilitate or enable the abortion industry by picking up the medical waste and burning it for electricity. But I mean, listen, it reminds me of the movie Soylent Green. I don't know. I've been around long enough yeah. <laughs> where they where they were <laughs> Charlton yeah. Heston way back back in the it was by the way that that movie depicted the story that took place in 2022 believe it or not mm-hmm. the irony is beyond belief but in that case they were they were actually making food out of bodies and they were killing you know baby per, people were dying they were converting their bodies into wafers for food that was the movie Soylent green well you know back then you thought oh that can't happen well look we're going almost very something very similar in that we're taking aborted babies' bodies and we're burning them for electricity. Yeah, yeah. I just noticed. Uh, thank you, producer, for having that uh, uh, Mark's Radio Show uh, website up. I just noticed that you had that article on there: artificial womb factory. Um, mm. I, I just saw that about uh, I don't know, week ten days ago, I, I guess. Um, and I, I, I have to tell you something, Mark, my, my mouth literally fell open. I couldn't believe I it. Could you, could I, you explain listen, what I, that I, is? Yeah. When I watched the video, the first couple of minutes, I thought it was fake. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a trailer for some new sci-fi movie that was going to be in the theaters at, at Christmas, yep. but it wasn't. It, this mm-hmm. is real. This is, uh, Ectolife is the name of the company that has created this video. And they plan by the next in the next ten years to actually set up these baby factories, uh, basically creating or, or allowing the gestation of a, uh, of unborn children in growth pods, where parents you don't have to be pregnant. I mean, you just you through IVF fertilize the embryo. And you place the embryo in this growth pod, and then you monitor the growth pod and and the baby's growth over the full nine months of pregnancy. And there's all kinds of bioengineering going on and trying to make certain that your child is without defect. You can you can affect their intelligence. You can decide on what kind of you know the color of their eyes, their hair, different facial features, all kinds of stuff. And the idea is to separate humans from humans, separate birthing and pregnancy and childbirth from mothers. And now children are just a commodity that can be bought and sold, uh, experimented with. Um, That is the brave new world that we're entering into, and we're not far from it. We are just going at light speed over a cliff I just wonder how long the Lord is going to tarry when we start tampering with the, you know, the, the, our, you know, the, the, the unborn and, uh, you know, we're all created in the image of God. Well, we're basically taking over for the Lord here. We're, we're beginning to create and make our own children in growth pods. I mean, it's, it's really on, beyond belief, but to be honest with you, nothing shocks me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my my thought too, Mark. When I first saw it, it's like, oh boy, that's that is, uh, oh nothing nothing could ever go wrong with that, right? Right. That, yeah, that could never be turned uh, turned by evil, and and yeah, no. Well, I did. I don't know if your listeners had ever or viewers ever saw the movie The Island. 
the island was about this place where in the future where you would have a surrogate you know gestate and 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 bring your baby to term and elites paid for others to carry their babies and it was an island where all that took place uh it's very interesting very dystopian movie but it's almost it's much similar to what we're seeing with ecto life i mean i hope it never comes to pass but it's certainly that we you know the way technology is moving there is no limits no ethical limits to any of the technology that we do today i wouldn't be surprised if we actually see this happen in the next decade or so yeah and and my concern is that while this is going on in the front oh we're just you know designer babies and what's going on in the back what right. what are they because they're not yeah. you know, anyway yep it's, i mean yeah the the and listen the, children aren't children they're just you know they're blobs of whatever they're 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 there for us we're not there for them yes right yeah. that's 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 right so um when we're talking about um, abortion, the startling statistics, one of the things that um, most Americans don't understand is, is the number of, of pregnancies that end in abortion uh, every year in America. And this is, this is a staggering number when you think about it. And right off mm -hmm. your website, Mark, it's 19% of pregnancies that yeah. folks, 20%, nearly 20% of all mm -hmm. pregnancies in America end in abortion. And uh, this is something that has really entrenched itself um, among young people, P uh, ladies between the ages of 20 and, and 29. I think I read that um, accounts for 57% of all the abortions. Now, mm -hmm. um, this is one of the reasons why the work that Created Equal does by going to uh, urban outreaches, going to campuses, going on the justice rides is to convince the young people now and change their minds about this so that when they're in their 20s, they're going to cherish life and not become one of these statistics. Um, we could talk about, Mark, and this is, I think it's established scientific fact that a woman who has an abortion has a life long is trauma too strong a word mark what would be a better no no I think it is appropriate um you know I think women get it actually I mean when we think about people not understanding what abortion is and does I I think most people really do know what it is right they mm -hmm. just think it's the lesser of three evils they look at parenting and they say well i i can't have a baby right now i have a career to pursue or i want to go to college or you know I, that kind of thing uh adoption seems like a bridge too far to too many people because that is a selfless act of love uh it's the it's the best option honestly when you're looking at the threes for some people but they look at abortion and they think, oh, you know, it, it, you know it, I can be done with this in one afternoon and move on with my life. But the truth is, we all know that that's not the case. And I think uh, more and more people know that abortion does kill a baby. But they think like it's the lesser of two evils. And because we're, you know, as time goes on, America is less Christian. I think we know the numbers that, uh, you know, 
they call them religious nuns. These are people that have no faith whatsoever. They have no faith background. Those numbers are going up and up and up. And if that's the case, then, then this is going to be something, you know, that we're going to continue to see. And so, but, but women do suffer from this, uh, no matter what they say. We meet them all the time. Uh, they're typically in denial, right? They, they just push it away and say, oh, you know, they lie to themselves, in fact, and say, well, that, that wasn't that big a deal. You know, was, the baby's a blob of tissue or what have you. But they know better. They know better for the most part. And so we got to be there to, to help them. We got to be there to share with them the truth about the gospel and that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ yes. and healing in Christ. And so that's why it's so important we're on these college campuses. We're meeting post-abortive men and women all the time, and they need to hear the, the gospel of Christ. Yes, amen, amen. Um, I was doing some research for a project oh, about a year ago now, Mark, and and I, I, I came across some, some statistics. Um, one involved New York City and and, and I'm hesitant mm. to say the percentage because um, I don't recall. Maybe this will uh, sound familiar to you. Um, but I want to say in, in New York City, 75 uh, percent. I mean, it was a it was such a high number. Mm. It was it was shocking. Um, I want to say something along the lines of 75 percent of black women who were pregnant. 75% of black pregnancies ended in abortion in New York City. And, and across the nation, the number was, was 40 or 50%. Something that I thought, how could black pastors, black ministry leaders not be speaking out to, to the black community and saying, what are we doing with, with black people? We're, we're treating mm -hmm. them as if they're disposable. Do, do, do yeah. those percentages ring a bell? Pretty close. Uh, African-Americans make up 13% of the American public, yet they 33% uh, of all abortions are committed by black women. So the numbers are disproportionate, I mean, to their, their the, the relative size of the population. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of contributing factors, obviously. But politically speaking, as you well know, they are generally Democrat, not always. And they're Democrat because the Democrat Party has continued to provide all types of uh, government uh, assistance, some good, some not so good. And, you know, they're beholden to the Democrat Party in a lot of respects. I think that's changing a little bit now. But uh, and because of that, they vote pro-abortion, even though that's generally against their own conscience a lot of times and their own worldview or belief system. Because I meet, I meet African-Americans all the time, and most of them are pro-life. They mm -hmm. will say they're pro-life, yeah. but they don't vote pro-life. <laughs> they generally do not vote pro-life. It is not in a, a, a top-tier issue to them. And it's the same with the pastors. The pastors generally are Democrat, and therefore they get the congregation to vote Democrat. As long as that's the case, and the Democrat Party is the party of death. I have to say, we all know it. There's very few pro-life Democrats even left in the country. There may be a few, but that's part of it. It's politics. A lot of it has to do with culture. A lot of it has to do with government dependence, all this kinds of stuff. 
but you know it's 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 they are being targeted as well as you know planned Parenthood was founded by margaret sanger who's an arch racist who said that she wanted to exterminate human weeds and that was the african-american community uh they set up their shops these chop shops in minority neighborhoods and there's a reason for that because they're targeting them they always have yes so I mean, that's the plight. It has to change. It's got to change. We've got to get the black pastors on board. They got to start speaking out if we're ever going to change this. Yes, I, I, I agree, Mark. Um, and, and on the Created Equal website, this is for our viewers. And, and uh, maybe you can say uh, a little something about this. But if you go to the uh, Created Equal website, friends, there is a drop down tab. Um, and it is about uh, conversation. Let's talk abortion mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. navigator. So it's under the yep. truth about abortion drop down. Let's talk abortion conversation navigator. Mark, what is that? What is all that about? It's an, an, an awesome tool for anyone. Uh, Seth Dreyer, my colleague at Created Equal, built that part of the website. And the idea is this. Uh, you know, the Mark Harrington's, the Seth Dreyers, and those who do this day in, day out, full time, aren't the ones who are going to be the ones that, you know, we have to be out doing. We, we want rank and file pro-life advocates, Christians, to be able to talk about abortion. Yes. We want to train them to do it. We don't just want a bunch of uh, guys like myself, but there aren't enough of me. <laughs> and so the idea is to get these tools in the hands of anyone and and allow them to learn how to do what we do. And so that's what this is set up to do. It's basically a navigator. You can ask any question whatsoever, and the answers are there for you. So um, it's a real simple way to learn the arguments and to go ahead and start using those out in public and with the people that you, you know, communicate with. So that's the purpose behind it. Uh, it's one of the best tools online. Yes. Now in that same area, oh, there, there you go. So producer is is right on it. Uh, in that same drop down um, is it? Uh, I have a question. FAQ frequently asked questions. One of the problems, Mark, that I've uh, encountered and have understood. I've been a pastor now in my twenty fifth year, and trying to get people to go out and. Yes. So trying to get people to go out and share the gospel, it's like it <laughs> strikes fear into their hearts because yeah. they, they say, well, I don't know what to say. So so part of what I've tried to do over the years is train people to get over that fear factor, because that's all it is. It's it just is fear. Yeah. And if you can get them. So what what we do here in Lima is we go downtown and we pass out Bibles. It, it's 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 very uh, uh, easy to do. Can Can I can I? Uh, offer you a, a copy of the word of God and people can say yay or nay. And if mm-hmm. they say yay, then that gives you a door for, for conversation. And, 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 and in fact, we've got a Gideon's that's uh, he's actually the associate pastor here in Lima. And, uh, and he does training on that. It's called conversations. It, it walks people through how you present the gospel and how you answer questions that people are going to have. So, so this feature on your website, I really like this, and I've actually used this as a resource before in sharing with people. Here's how you would answer this question. 
the very first one I see there, no one really knows when life begins. So how can you say abortion is wrong? So if you click on that, you're going to get an answer to that objection. Isn't that fantastic, folks? You, <laughs> The work is already mm. there. All you have to do is mm. understand the, the response or the strategy you're going to use to that type of a question. That's the same way with sharing the gospel. If you understand someone's worldview, what it's based on, then you know how you respond to them. So, so Mark, I don't know who put this together, but that's a fantastic tool right there. Yeah, Seth Dreyer, my colleague at Created Equal, put that together. And Seth's one of the best apologists in the business. But the idea, again, is to put it in the hands of lay people, people that don't do this like we do day in, day out. Yes. Volunteers, people that can just take it and use it wherever they go, whenever they talk about this with anybody, they can, and, and you know, you constantly refer to it. Um, it. It's not as difficult as we make it to be. You know, I think that the, the, the key is asking questions, right? Yes. So if you yes. watch us on the street, how, what do we do? We ask people, what do they think about abortion? Mm-hmm. What do you think about abortion? I mean, it, it's not that difficult. Just have a conversation. Uh, nobody expects you to have all the answers. Right. But if you ask the right questions, people understand that you care enough. Uh, and if you, uh, and then you try to find some kind of common ground. That's a, one of our strategies mm-hmm. to find areas of agreement and then move from those areas of agreement to areas of disagreement. That's the tactic we use. They call it the Socratic method. Mm-hmm. Jesus almost, Jesus didn't use the Socratic method. He used the Jesus method, but uh, he, <laughs> yeah. he asked a lot of questions. He right? did. He was leading questions, and that's what we do on the streets. This website helps you. Let's talk abortion. I exhort everyone to go there if they want to get, uh, you know, their uh, how to how to be able to uh, argue this with people this is the place to go yes yes amen and one of one of the most effective questions that you can ask folks when you're out on the street ministering whether it's the gospel you're talking about uh abortion or, or what have you is is to very simply and and uh, honestly ask well why do you believe that in response why do you believe to that, that? Why, why do you believe that? Because, and, right. and what has that done? Well, that's shifted the burden. So that person's going to explain why they believe whatever it is their, their position is on abortion. It makes it very easy for you then to, to interject or respond with information or statistics that, that is it's really going to prove to the person that, well, maybe I re- need to rethink this. It's not, it's not a hostile, it's not an aggressive oh. kind of thing. It's very, very uh, laid back. Um, and, and listen, we're told in the scriptures anyway that we are supposed to share the, the reason for the hope that is in us. Two characteristics, gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that characterizes created equal in your street ministry, justice ride. Um, I've watched enough of uh, Created Equals videos over the years, Mark, to know that that the students are are well trained. They know that they're in a hostile environment, and uh, mm-hmm. and 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 so they need to be humble when they approach people, and that will draw people out. I, I know you've experienced that over the years. 
Yeah, and I think coupled with the abortion victim photography and video, it gives us, you know, kind of this good cop, bad cop kind of a thing going on. Mm -hmm. The pictures themselves arrest their attention. That's intentional, obviously. Yep. Uh, it, it, it gets a, information into their minds very quickly about the reality of abortion, sets the foundation for the com conversation. They expect us to not be kind and, and gentle uh, <laughs> normally, but we are. And we just ask, what do you think about abortion? And just start the conversation. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they really haven't thought through it. They're just buying into what they've heard on television, yeah. uh, what they've heard from their teachers if they're in college and so forth. They haven't really thought it through. Um, and just a little bit of conversation can expose their weaknesses. And, you know, the idea is we're just trying to put a pebble in their shoe. So when they walk away from the conversation, they're going to remember it and it will provoke them to go back and hopefully find out more information later. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, Mark, I always enjoy uh, chatting with you and hearing what's going on with with Created Equal. Um, friends, I would encourage you to go to createdequal.org, createdequal.org. Go to the Take Action drop down menu and there you're going to find a place where you can donate to support this this very, very important and might I add effective ministry. Mark, thank you for joining me again today. I appreciate it very much. It's been a privilege. Thank you. You're very welcome. Friends, that's all we have today for this episode of WCN TV. Again, createdequal.org. Take action. Donate. Now's the time to do it. Amen. We'll see you next time. God bless you guys. Mm -hmm.